Welcome to another Talking With on Anbri. I'm so glad you're here. If you have ever been told that you're less than, that you couldn't, if you haven't realized your power and your greatness, you've come to the right place. Sit back, relax, take in all the inspiration as we talk to some pretty powerful people. Enjoy. Happy Sunday morning here at Anbury. We are here with our Talking With live interview series, and we are here with Brian Demo, which I've been pronouncing for the last 10 years, <laughs> Demo. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. Tell me, where are you sitting right now? We are sitting... Uh, just outside of Mount Vernon at a campground here, uh, north, uh, so it's pretty much northern Washington. Northern Washington. How's the weather up there? Finally, the sun is out after days of rain. <laughs> Happily take sitting outside for a little while. How long have you been in Washington? Uh, we've been here about uh, around two weeks now. And where did you drive from? Uh, from this trip to get up here, oh wow, we've been on the road for we've been on the road for nine months now. So, uh, but this trip to get up here, we uh, we started in SoCal, down uh, Marietta, Temecula area. Went to go mm -hmm. see friends. I uh, had made our way up here, so we left that area. I'd say probably March, middle of March, and then we made our way up here. All right, and if you move your head a little bit there's a map behind you yeah that's uh that is the travels of travels wow how long have you guys been on the road uh total right now was right around nine months continuous nine months and you've already hit all of those spots yeah we went way too fast we that was a huge mistake but we've seen some cool stuff efficiencies of the marine corps seems to be serving you well out there on the road <laughs> <laughs> so I want to start at the beginning. I like to start at the beginning with my interviews. When did you join the Marine Corps? Uh, September of 19, well, in high school. So it would be more uh, May of 1999. May of 1999. So you were in high school around 17. A 18. Yep. I just turned yeah. a few months after 18. A few months after you turned 18. Had you ever wanted to do anything else besides the Marine Corps? Nope, not. You can ask the whole family. Probably since I was five or six years old, everyone knew I was going to be a jarhead. I want you to expand on that. What What was it at five that you knew this was going to be your calling? Uh, it, kind of a few different pieces. We lived in uh, southeastern Connecticut, and uh, we were down there. Morning, fellow campers. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we lived right by the Navy base, and at the time, the Marines were still there, and. Uh, just sort of a part of the association, just being with that and seeing it all the time. So it uh, kind of became normal. And I just like, yep, I want to do that. So uh, it's kind of, it's kind of how it happened. Just stuck with me ever since all through school. I, uh, I mentioned the, uh, the army once, but yeah. You know, did you even, up. did you even talk to the army before you joined? Uh, I had to actually, I had to speak to all of them. My parents were very, uh, very adamant that I speak to all the service branches. So it was, uh, yeah, I had to do that. 
didn't like it. <laughs> Which did any of them in in talking to them? Did any of them make you think, ah, oh, maybe like the Air Force, like we uh, all? <laughs> not uh, the the army. Uh, the army used their normal moves. You know, hey, look, we can give you any job. We'll throw you a bonus. Uh, I wasn't going to do the Navy just because that was my whole family line was pretty much Navy. And I was just, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, and the air force guy kind of looked at me and just was like, no, was like, no okay, cool story. I'm, I'm sure there was a waiting list, um, in the air force even. Well, I know there was, cause I joined in the same year as you did. Yep. Yeah. You went before me though. What was it? One cycle. I think we discussed. It was like yes. Group behind. Yes. Um, okay. So when you were sitting in there talking to the recruiter at the ripe old wise age of 18, knowing that you had wanted to do this since you were five years old, what were you wanting to go into? What was the job? What did you want to be in the Marine Corps? Like every other hard charging 18 year old that walked into the recruiter's office. I want to be infantry. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was that was a little frowned upon by the family. But uh, the discussion went back and forth a lot. And finally, we kind of settled on my second passion, which was aviation. So it was, all right, let's go down the aviation field. It's going to work out for the long term. And, hey, why not? I want to work on F-18s. We didn't work on F-18s. What did you work on? I ended, up be, uh, I ended up working on Huey and Cobra attack helicopters, which are a lot cooler than fixed wing for any of you fixed wing <laughs> <laughs> kid kids that's just how it goes and you did your full 20 yes no just shy um i got i re took early retirement at 17 at 17 years and you did recruiting duty yeah and that's how we met yeah because i brought a sprightly feisty 17 18 year old Fresh out of high school that was wanting to join the army. Yeah. We almost had her. We were so close. We almost had her. And then she decided to go army. Yeah. Couldn't blame her. I mean, it worked out <laughs> better for her anyway. <laughs> That's true. You left recruiting duty um, what year? 2013. And is that when you got deployed overseas? Uh, that was my, no, I went back to my, uh, I went back to the fleet and deployed a few months later, but that was my last deployment before that I deployed a bunch of times before I went on recruiting, recruiting. I was a late, late push in recruiting just due to, uh, our ops tempo and, uh, how we did things. Mm -hmm. And where did you serve? Where were you deployed, um, during our OEF, OIF? Uh, OIF, good Lord. The whole triangle, so Al-Assad, uh, TQ, AQ, that was the primary three, and hopped around a few places, and mm -hmm. that one did Iraq four times, and then did uh, Afghanistan once out of uh, Leatherneck and Dwyer. We're one of the first units. We were the first skid units down in Dwyer. So combat tours total upwards more than five. Yeah, the last two blended together. We started in Iraq and transitioned to Afghanistan. 
So doing that many combat tours, doing what you do working on aviation, what was your mindset during that time of what you wanted to do when you when you landed back into civilian world? Uh, to be honest of it all, I had no idea what I wanted to do in the civilian world. Um, you know, at that time for the combat runs, it was, hey, I'll work in aviation when I get out. Why not? I'm sure I can find something. And uh, after the recruiting world, you know, you get sales experience. It was, well, I can do sales. You know, it's, it's not going to be that bad. Not a grease smile. It's going to be all right. And uh, yeah, so I really didn't have a, uh, I didn't have a superstar plan for the future. I thought I'd be just a Marine for 30 years, punch it and run. So didn't have a big plan. Why did you get out at 17? Uh, medically, actually. Um, in 2013, I uh, developed a very weird and rare case of pneumonia. And uh, they cut out a chunk of my lower left lobe lung. So that was a good time. Um, fought like hell. Make sure that I could stay in just because, you know, at that time it's like, hey, I got nothing else, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just here for the party. Mm-hmm. So fought really hard. Had an awesome team working with me. Had a case manager that was just a superstar. She rocks. And to this day, we still stay in touch. Um, had an excellent uh, – learned about programs that I never knew existed in the Marine Corps, one called uh, RTR, Return to Readiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, they take you and fix you. They get you right back in physical shape. And after laying in a hospital bed for a month and bed rest at home for another month, you lose everything. You lose every single power you have. So I had atrophy. I'd lost a ton of weight, which was really cool. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I was super skinny. You were um, finally in Marine Corps weight standards. <laughs> well, I- First time ever, I didn't have to tape. I was like, dang, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, so the uh, it was going really good. And yeah, I had a great physical trainer that just got me through it all and uh, made it work. And they got me in there and uh, got back to it, passed all the PFT, CFT. I was ready to rock and roll. And uh, yeah, kept going. And then started turning downhill for some reason. Uh, you know, lung capacity, lungs don't grow back. Right. Not <laughs> regenerative. Yeah. Nope. Oh, you know, it's, it's all that. And I fell into a lot of the same case with a lot of people that have had their lung, you know, part of their lung removed. Uh, it fused to my rib cage. So I don't have a free floater. So now you're talking loss of another bit of uh, lung capacity. So I got a little worried about that. And uh, towards the end of the career, I kind of thought, you know, I'm, am I a help or am I a hindrance? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of decided it was more of a detriment. And during that time, thankfully, the Marine Corps was still doing Terra early retirement. Um, so passed my last PFT, had a conversation with my boss and said, uh, I think I need to go ahead and retire. I think I'm going to go out on my terms. I don't want to be in trouble or anything like that. And he agreed. So we dropped my Appendix J and uh, thankfully the Marine Corps approved it and retired about uh, six months after my after my approval. So it was a uh, real turbo. Were you conflicted at all? Were you, were you not just conflicted, but were you worried? Were you concerned? Were you sad? Was there oh, a sense of loss? Oh yeah. Huge. I mean, you take the one thing you've known for the last 17 years that really, I mean, 
anyone that's been in the military knows it defines you. It changes you. You know, mm-hmm. you grow up from that. You know, your parents raise you and then the Marine Corps molds you a little bit and changes you up. And then your mentality follows that same, um, that same block. You're just going to continue. Right. Uh, and when it was coming to an end, it was, it was culture shock. It was okay. We've got to do things different now. Hey, we, we've got to go find a job, son. We've got to really pin on our big boy pants and start uh, start doing it right. Um, and then it was the you know the, the sadness of the loss of kind of the self identity in a little bit. But uh, I think that one that one was the hard one. But it kind of passed a few months after. It was like all right, we're good. Um, yeah, pretty much those pieces. I think you asked the third part, but I don't know if I hit it. Uh, No, you hit them all because you're different in that you're the first person that I've talked to that whatever they wanted to do, their idea of what they wanted to do at a young age, they did and they designed it. And and when you serve in, in the military, but I think in the Marine Corps, there is such an alignment of self and service. You become one with what you're doing. So there's not a separation of this is me personally and this is me professionally. You are one and the same. And when you get out, your what was your steps of having to separate that? Yeah, about that. <laughs> um actually I'm I'm kind of fortunate. Um I've got an awesome wife. I man, yeah. My wife Jen, she's been through it all. You know, we've been together 13 years and through the whole gambit um her and a couple of very close friends really got me back into the the real world and kind of just like hey it's gonna be all right man just you know this you know this you know this and it was kind of the connecting of the dot pieces to uh to make it work mm-hmm. all right we're good let's run this what was the first endeavor that you that you went after after retiring uh, I was fortunate enough to have a friend in the uh, textile business. Mm-hmm. So they hired me on as a sales manager. And you decided to go straight into sales. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was where the money was. And at the time it, my biggest worry was financial because right. you go making what, full pay at a gunny rate plus BAH mm-hmm. all these things. And you're making plenty of money and you're doing just fine. And you're living within your means to, Hey, we're going to cut you down to half your base pay. There's no other thing else. And you're going to have to make this work. Okay. All right. Make this work. Um, so yeah, that, that part kind of was the kick in the pants. It was like, make a bunch of money and we need to do it fast so we can build a block and go for how long was it from the time that you took the job as sales and textile to the time that you were like, sell it all. We're, <laughs> we're leaving. Well, that, uh, that had another step in the way. Um, I ended up going after I left that job. Um, I went to a, the tower industry. I went and got mm-hmm. a tower climber for cell phones and, uh, my contract came up to an end and it was like, Oh no we have nothing in the bag here. And uh, a lot of other things had gone on. We'd sold our original house, bought a bigger house, our dream house. 
Um, we were planning on doing foster care and adoption and a whole bunch of bad stuff happened with uh, the agency we went through. And then it was, it was panic mode. And uh, Jen and I were sitting in the living room and I'm pounding away at my resume and I'm firing it off to anything that I see is open. I'm reaching out to any recruiter I can on LinkedIn. I'm like, hey, how's it going? What's up? Hey, I'm Brian. How are you? You know, trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Happening. And Jen said, uh, well, what if we just sell everything, buy an RV and travel? And I'm like, you got jokes. That, that's cute. Oh, okay, let's do that. Um, and she said, no, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Really? Okay. Let's look at it. And uh, we started. We started looking at the, this lifestyle. Started following groups. Um, started doing forum checks, reading about it, finding out, mm-hmm. hey, what can you do with this? What can you do with that? How do you do this? Who drives their rigs? You know, what, what kind of, what's our best RV? What's the choices? And it took about. Uh, three to four months and so, it all clicked. from conception to actual that's not a long time conception to wheels up we were uh yeah yeah we were we were on the road what was so intriguing about about doing the rv life uh at the time it was partial freedom but also financial safety we did the math and we found if we could if the house sold, we'd be able to probably just live on the retirement. And we, we could probably make it work while still saving money and uh, making adjustments as needed on the way. And uh, from there, it was kind of the, hey, good morning. Um, it was, all right, let's make it happen. Everything did. We took us a while. We found Rex or Rexall um, from a guy, nice family that was retiring from RVN. Mm-hmm. We realized, hey, we're going to have to renovate this to make it work. So we did. Brought it home. We gutted it. Or we brought it to Tennessee. I'm sorry. After we sold the house, we needed to find a new home. So we moved in with my mother-in-law. She's awesome. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Uh, renovated it. And, uh, yeah, turned and burned. I think we were in Tennessee for three months. And yeah, we turned this whole thing around in three months. What was that like the first time that you all loaded up into the RV and set out on the open road? What was going through your mind? Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> oh, what now? Because yeah. you're going against, I mean, I know that the RV life is, um, it's new. And there's quite a few people that are very intrigued by it. And there's even fewer that are actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it goes against everything that we have been taught on what you're supposed to do as a grown up. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate rebellion. Yeah. And I, what was going through your mind as a husband, as a father in the RV, pulling out of your mother-in-law's driveway, ready to hit the road. Holy crap. What did we just do? What did uh, we just do? And did we make the right decision? Because along the way, it was also, we had to homeschool our daughter. And right. it was, are we breaking our kid? Are we, are, is this the right path for our family? And uh, 
yeah, that was that was terrifying. That that part alone was enough to be like, mm, I don't know about this. What was, um, what was your daughter's reaction when you told her, this is what's going to happen? Uh, she was not. Oh, she wasn't happy. But neither, you know, I don't think any of us really were. We had the house we had bought. We had pro, we had we had moved in brand new neighborhood. It was still being built, and um, we had just happened to have the best neighbors you possibly could ever wish for move in mm-hmm. with kids the exact same age as Abby. And oh, they no. And every day after school, they were out front riding their bikes together. They were sleepovers there. And then the adults, we were all friends. I, there wasn't anything we wouldn't do for each other. We'd work together. We drink together. I mean, we, we set up weird events, you know, people were like, what did you guys do that? You know, pumpkin carving all of us together in one driveway. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's do it. All right. Sounds great. Um, and it let, and it really, that hurt and that hurt Abby really hard because she was, she was not, she wasn't used to losing her friends. And, uh, that part for her really, that I think that hurt her the most. Um, and I know it hurt Jen as well because, you know, finding friends is never the easiest one that you can trust like that. Right. So yeah, that, uh, that hurt her a bit. And, uh, we pushed really hard to find campgrounds that had kids and it was kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, it was a nightmare. Now we have we have the answer. I'll be happy to tell you about that. I'm sure, as, I'm, it's, I'm I know it's going to come up. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the hardest part, making sure she had the social interaction. So, how long was it from that uncertainty that we've made a mistake? And while it what while we thought it was a good idea, no one's super duper happy right now. How long was it until you got into a groove? Because it literally could have stayed that way. Yeah, yeah. It could have gone to shit. It could have very quickly. And a couple times we thought for sure. I think month, I think it was around month two. We were like, holy crap, what have we done? Um, And then it, uh, then it got better. We ended up finding more of these campgrounds that had kids. And, Mm -hmm they she just jumped with it to go play and they happily accepted her and it was like okay she's getting some friends but it was you know the quick friends it was hey we're on the road cool story um and then it uh then it evolved a little bit more into all right hey we're staying in touch with a couple people that's cool and then we joined two groups that changed it um and if anybody's watching or ever watches this and doesn't know about it you think about and you got family. This is the way we did it. And I couldn't go any better. We joined a group called full-time families. Okay. Uh, they are basically the name is itself. They are full-time travelers like us. And they are a lot of families, husbands and, and their kids. Uh, a lot of them are working on their RVs. Are you working? Not yet. I have a plan. I have to just kick it in motion. Can I know your plan? Sure. Uh, but let me finish the other one first. The other thought. Okay. Um, 
and then the other one we joined is something called Thousand Trails, uh, and that is a basically imagine a timeshare for camping. But it was basically we joined this place as a bunch of campgrounds throughout the country. And it's huge family oriented. There's all these playgrounds and all these families go here because it saves money. It's like, huh. And then we ended up going and joining. Um, we found out that the full-time families was having a rally, which is where we are now. We're at a group of like-minded people and families together. We've been here a week. And we have made some of the most, we met some of the most amazing people you could have on a full-time road. These guys, the ladies and gentlemen are awesome. Love them. Um, and we all shared tips and shared meals and it, you know, you realize, holy crap, this is a community. This isn't a, this isn't anything that bad. This is a group of people. This is, people are like-minded. What, what do I do with this? And you realize that, okay, I'm not alone. And Abby learned, I'm not alone. She's made tons of friends here. And you now we're all talking about, hey, where are you going next? Oh, I'm going here. All right, I'm not going to be there. Oh, hey, you should come with us. You should do this. Well, oh, we want to. Oh, three months, we're going to be here. Dude, we're going to be there. All right, cool. Let's get a campsite next to each other. Um, so it, it makes these links all together. And we all stay at Thousand Trails. So it has the amenities. It has the locations. It has everything you could possibly need. For that mm-hmm. one, one little piece. And now we're set. It's like, okay, we're good. And today, um, a lot of the families are all, I'm watching, so you've seen me looking up. Yeah, I'm watching my neighbors packing up their houses and, you know, getting their rigs ready for transport and they're going to be on the road to their next campground. And it's like, bye. see you in a couple of weeks, you know, and it's, it's a little sad, but it's fun. So, yeah, but that, you catch up with them, though. Oh, yeah. And we stay in touch on Facebook. Um, a lot of us and we all have different things. You know, we all have different ways of staying in touch. Almost everybody's got a Facebook. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the century, unfortunately. Yeah. Touch. Hey. Yeah. Um, Instagram. Uh, you know, everybody's got their sharing, but it's great because it's also informational sharing for us. It's not a, it's not a boasting share. You know, when we're sharing stuff, it's we're not boasting. I'm not like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm at Yosemite. It's not that. When I'm posting, it's like, hey, check it out. Where's Yosemite? This is a really cool place to go. If you've never been here, go here. This is awesome. Stay away from this. It didn't work for us. You know, it's basically an online catalog. So all of them are sharing their campgrounds. Like, hey, this campground, awesome. Go. Don't miss it. Or, dude, don't go there. <laughs> that is bad. Stay um, away. Yeah. And it's it's been great for anything from, um, we haven't had 1,000 trails, which is cool. That's nice. Um, we've stayed in national parks and state parks, and people are like, you stayed there? Like, yeah, why? Well, it was pretty awesome when we were there. You know, and they had a bad experience, so we kind of jive stories. So it works out, and it's it's like having a neighbor every different day. Uh, if you don't like you your never, neighbor, you can always flip the jacket and drive off. <laughs> but you're you're part of this traveling community. I am, and that's kind of repla- that has replaced having to say goodbye to a stationary community of the neighborhood that you were in. Yeah. And everybody's well adjusted. Everything's well adapted. Who told you that you were crazy for doing this? Um, just about everybody in my family, except for a few small, few handful, my grandmother and uh, my mom, of all things, they were like, you know, what, this is nuts. My parent, my mom is like, 
that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. My stepdad was like, what? What are you thinking? But after I broke it all down to him, how we were doing it, how we were doing it, I was like, oh, you're good. Go have fun. Um, and, yeah, and then after everybody's kind of seen the travels, it's gone from, um, you know, oh, you're homeless to, uh, holy crap, I want to do that, you know. Right, because you're not homeless. No, not even a little. Not even a little. This house rocks. We were pretty good. <laughs> I got a good life in there. But uh, you asked a question, and I promised I'd answer it, so I'll answer it. My future plan, um, I actually intend on, I got to find it, um, but I need to go, my goal is to go to two RV schools, one for repair and one for refrigeration, and then uh, welding school to get those done and use the GI Bill. I mean, it's our education benefit. Use it while you can. Don't miss, don't miss it. Right. Uh, get certified in both of them, and as I travel, uh, if somebody needs help, cool, I can help. I got a mechanical background. I can figure it out. And, uh, and if it helps people, then I did something good. So you're going to be a mobile, a mobile repair. Pretty much. And renovation. Yeah. Oh, renovation. Oof. I don't know if I want to go down there. Did you want to do that? I did until I started really realizing what came with it and the timelines required. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed the game a little bit. I could do it. And I'm sure I could find a couple fellow RVers in this, you know, community that would be like, "Dude, I'll work with you." And, you know, we could go renovate RVs all day. But uh, yeah, no, I just want to be, if I can, I want to be the repair. Um, hey, you know, my rig's broken. I'm in this canvas spot. All right, I'll be right there. All right, we broke this. I need it welded. All right, I can do that. And is this something that you really want to do? Is this something that you're past? Are you not even looking at possible remote virtual work? Oh no. Oh, we lost Brian. I'm going to message him real quick to jump back on. Um, please hold. We may have lost signal. Hold on one moment. That's the oh. only bad part. Now <laughs> we can talk about that part next. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it, it, you know what? It couldn't have come at a more opportune time. Hey, why don't you do something virtual? Because I can't always guarantee a signal. <laughs> that, that's uh, and we found some workarounds about that, and um, that was one of the great things about here is a lot of the people kind of explained their workarounds. Lots of, mm-hmm. I mean, one family has all three carriers. They have hotspots for everything: AT and T, Sprint, T Mobile, and uh, Verizon. And wow. They pick one. <laughs> Depending yeah. on what network they're in. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't want to be tied. I really didn't. I don't want to be stuck on a day where we're out somewhere and I'm like, I can't go. I got, I got to work. Well, you used an interesting word to preface that. You said this might sound selfish. Do you think all of this is selfish? This life you're living? This lifestyle? Sometimes I do. I mean, Why? Because I'm 38 years old and I should be slaving over a job somewhere and, you know, crushing it. Um, you know, I shouldn't be retired and living this really? life. I 
be in my 60s doing this. Ah. I'm reminded of that several times when my older neighbors are going, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm retired. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah. But that, but that's, that is what interests me so much because we have this mindset and definition that we have to wait a certain time to enjoy life, have fun, live it to the fullest. You, and still, still, Going into the most elite branch, come at me, bros, if y'all want to, but the most elite <laughs> elite branch there is, but doing five, you know, what was it? Six? I five. lost count again. Five yeah. combat tours. You've done five combat tours. You've lost a partial lung. You have the the funds, you have the means, you've done the planning, the contingency planning. And yet. You're still selfish. Hmm. I don't know. Just because somebody else has a definition of, of what your life should look like at 38. Yep. That's interesting. How do we break through? How can everyone do what you do? Even, even if it's in the back of their mind, ah, oh, I'm, I'm going against the status quo. People are going to think I'm crazy. I'm hearing People are actually telling me that this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to enjoy it. How do you do that? You ignore the noise. You don't. How do you ignore the noise? You remember you're not. They're not. It's not you. That's not. You're not their life. You're not their path. You. You are you. you. That's all you will ever be is you. Accept that. Enjoy it. Embrace it. You don't have to live for anyone else because in reality, no one cares. If you want to keep up with the Joneses, keep up with them. Have at it, man. I, I applaud you. Mm-hmm. I, you can. And I was very close to being in that box. And then after this, I realized, no, I don't want that. I want the American dream. I want the one thing that we strive for. Mm-hmm. I, want freedom. I want just freedom. Give me freedom. Give it to me. Let me enjoy it. Let me see it. And when you stop caring which is a very hard thing to do in this digital age and later things. When you stop caring about other people's thoughts about how you should be or how you should approach something in life or, Hey, I would do it this way. You shouldn't be doing that. When you turn that noise off and you start thinking for yourself again and you think the most important thing is my family and my life, and my time because I'll never get any of my time back pieces start falling together. Mm-hmm. You just start going, okay, all right. Let's see where this, let's see where this rabbit hole goes. Um, we have comments for you. Catherine, oh, Catherine Williams loves mom. your life. Hi mom. <laughs> oh, and what, this is your mom. She's very, yeah, she's very wise. She was like, is it selfish to share your life with your family? Giving your daughter, her father daily. You're absolutely right. (laughs) How dare, how dare I spend time with my, how dare you be present every single day? Um, Jay Renna says happy for you, Brian. Teffel Hunden. And 
Yeah, and every best way to live. Glad to have met you. It's nice to have fellow FDF friends on the road with us. I mean, you really do have a community. Yeah, yeah. And this community is awesome. The full-time family group, it reminds you you're not alone at all. And people that are thinking about this life and they're terrified of it for that one piece of, hey, I'm going to be alone. You're not, and you never will be. There is always somebody, your neighbor, two, two sites down, full-time family member. Or a rally, you're going to go meet other people. Or after a rally, you run into a situation, you post it on Facebook, and people you know are like, hey, dude, where are you at? What do you need? Oh, are you, do you need these tools? Or, hey, okay, you know what? I'm two minutes down the road. I'll, I'll come help you. <clears throat> you're in a situation now where you have a group, a family, a awesome family. And they're there for you and they're like-minded and they get it. And there are people that have been doing this seven, 12, teen years of really. And it's like, Holy crap. How'd you do it? And they kind of look at you like you're doing it. What do you mean? How do you do it? And it's like, huh? huh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't go any deeper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the answer to the key to life right there is really just oh, go live it. I'm bitch. <laughs> do, you, do you think that there's a movement? We are breaking out of traditional boxes. We're breaking out of traditional thinking and not just find your journey, live your passion, live your, I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is that you, you don't have to make it complicated. There is a, there is a piece in, and beauty and simplifying. Yeah. yeah. And is that what RV living does for you and for the group? Is that a consensus among the group? I wish I could speak for the group. Everybody's got their different sides of it. Um, I mean, I've heard different pieces for me and my opinion of it. It's the ultimate freedom and reassurance that the world is not as bad as you think. Really? I've, we took the TV out of the RV when I renovated it. Um, I don't have a TV. The only community, the only thing I have for digital world and stuff like that is uh, my trusty laptop, my mm -hmm. wonderful phone and iPad. And yeah. And people are like, Oh, you have your head under a rock. You don't know what's going on in the world. I'm like, no. no, I still see the news. I just choose not to read into the crazy stupidity, saber rattling propaganda. Yeah, you can call me a conspiracy theorist. Go for it. I'll accept it. But, I mean, I don't, I don't fall into the fear-mongering anymore. <clears throat> I have a renewed sense of uh, faith in humanity because people are awesome. And this has really been like the, yeah, screw all that other stuff. This is awesome. These, these people rule. Yeah, because if you get out from behind the screens and the articles and what people are feeding you and you actually talk to people, it's amazing that you find out, oh, Wow. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great life. And I mean, we've, uh, I think we've hit nine or 10 uh, national parks so far. I'm not, I have to double check. But they're awesome. And if you've never seen the world, it's like, holy crap, this is cool. That. I got to ask, because you said the world. Are, would you, I know you can't travel an RV across the oceans, but are you going to, not yet, are you going to take your travels by boat someday? Um, 
Define by boat, like take the wrecks across the pond, or do you mean taking cruises? Um, like we'll have an RV in another continent, and then we'll we'll travel by boat to that, pick up the RV, RV around there, you know. That would be the pipe dream to me. Um, we've talked about it actually. Um, I would not be sad about you know <laughs> finding an RV some kind of another country and be like. I'm going to rent this or buy this from you. Your choice, but I'm going to travel for a bit. And um, a couple of full-time families here had told me that uh, there's not, they've heard of a couple of people going across the pond to do sort of this thing, but there's not the same infrastructure um, for caravanning, what they believe they call it. There's not those things. We don't have the campgrounds that hop like we do here. And uh, that's kind of like, oh, okay. Tracking, that, that makes things a little difficult. So, um, the thought is definitely there. I would not be sad. And I know, I know Jenny would be just heartbroken if I took her overseas. To- I know. Poor Abby. <laughs> to spend three months going around Ireland or yeah. Terrible. Horrible. How dare you? <laughs> but there is a trade-off, isn't there? I mean, there is a trade-off. So Abby's going to be hitting her teenage years, and there's certain milestones that happen, you know, high school, dances, formals, all of that. And so there is a bit of a trade-off. Do you think that you're going to be – is there any plan to settle down during those years for her, or are you going to take a consensus as a family what everyone wants to do? You actually take a consensus – with the family every few months. Um, really? Do we actually? Hey, is everyone still good with this? We we check in with each other a lot on that. Um, one of the big ones just actually happened recently. Um, I got an email from a recruiter asking me if I was interested in a hundred and twenty thousand dollar a year job in Oklahoma. Mm. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello, money. Like- <laughs> um. And uh, it was kind of a, like, oh, man, there's, there's a chance that we could have something really cool here. And the first words out of my daughter's mouth, God lovers, does this mean we have to stop traveling? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, if we get there, we're going to have to stop traveling, kiddo. Like, I don't want that. It's like, touche. Let it go. Yeah. And it just became a fine. So, yeah, we, we make sure that we talk to each other on it because that's, uh, that is important. We need to, we all need to be on the same page. We all need to be agreeing that this is what we want. We all need to say, we all have the buy-in. And if we don't, then we need to stop and reconsider what our options are because this isn't, I mean, this isn't a stopping sort of thing, you know, like, oh, this is what we're doing. Um, right. That's, that's not our dynamic. And I don't think we'll ever go down that path. Well, once you break out of the definitions and the boxes and, and go against the rules, then you've kind of allowed yourself to um, flow a little bit. Hey, if this doesn't make sense anymore, then we'll, we'll go somewhere else. We'll do yeah. something else that does make sense. Yep. What? And what the other you... part. Wow. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What's the other part? The other part you're talking about the teenagers, like the dances and the, the, the growing up. That is actually one of our biggest worries um it it almost it's scary to think that she's not going to get the stereotypical things Mm -hmm. and i say that word with very strong emphasis because 
that to me is what it is. It is the expected norm. Oh, you got to go to a high school dance. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, why? Why? Why do I have to do any of that? What is she gaining out of it? What? what mm-hmm. Oh, the social interaction? I've got that here. I've got, oh, I had four or five teenagers here. They've been homeschooled and doing this for the longest time. Um, they're doing just fine. And I kept thinking that, man, I'm, I'm ruining her for this. And then I realized, no, I'm not. I'm actually setting you up a little further. And Jen has been like the ultimate teammate. I mean, she's like the primary driver. I'm just the cool guy that sits back up. I'm dad. What's up? Um, and it's worked and it's working and developing and could we do it? Absolutely. We could stop today, go into a house, ugh, and put her back in public school and run it. Yeah. Or, or we could continue to travel, educating our kid in the normal things that are expected with school and also life at the exact same time and being free of it and not having well, to think about and you said something interesting. You said you're setting her up even further. And there is an argument for that because a lot of, I think some children, and I have a high schooler that's getting ready to go to college. And so college is a topic. Terrifying. Right? I can't believe he is that old, that boy. I know. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's talking about college, but I can sense from him. He's like, wait, I have to. Because he wanted to go clear across the country away from us to go to to go to college. And now he's thinking, well, maybe something closer to home. You're setting her up to not to not be concerned about. To not be anchored, but at the same time, you're showing her the importance of having a foundation in a community. It's just. She needs to have a community, but we have it here. What, just because we don't have a sticks and bricks house, it's not a community? And that's and one of the things I don't understand, I think. I think that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of people are going, oh, well, you're not, I mean, you're not giving her stability and you're not giving her consistency. But the truth is that you are. Huh. You're giving her experiences on that and you're not, you're not giving her, I can only be here. To feel comfortable, I can only, you know how we feel when we go back to our hometown. There's a sense of comfort in our hometown. Oh, this is where I used to go get burgers after school. This is where I did this. And I mean, that's lovely. That's nice. But imagine if you could just be comfortable anywhere. Yeah. And one of the, you know, a lot of people are like, how can you not put your kid in a normal school environment? You know, how are they getting the education? And it's... Hmm. I don't want to say they're narrow-minded. I really don't because I don't think they are. I just think they don't see the other things that can go with this. I mean, all of the families that are doing this, they're not in danger. The kids are all getting schooled, whether it's through a Connections Academy. I've heard one people do that. Um, and every one of them has to, is registered with their state, their home state, and they're checked on and it's verified. Or, you know, you go through the Umbrella Academies – there is a lot to be said about that for the homeschooling piece. So people that are scared of that and think, oh, my gosh, you know, what, can, what am I doing? It's really not as bad as you think. It's, it's a little daunting at first, but you also get to learn your kid's learning style. 
we we sat down in the beginning and man it was it was school dictatorship we were in the chair from eight to three i don't care where we are eight to three you will do <laughs> interesting <laughs> you didn't go to the drill field you decided well, to go to recruiting <laughs> we all know i was sent to recruiting i didn't choose it it doesn't choose i didn't choose the life but life chose me <laughs> uh so when it came to the schooling piece we just figured we had to follow that mold you know we got to keep him in there abby was done with second grade in six months and we're like oh crap <laughs> what do we do <laughs> you know, Jen, what, what do you think we should do I'm like oh we're going to third grade well, marine mentality I yes went. um and then Jen kind of made me snap out of it and realize, wow, that's stupid. <laughs> so we retailored the program to fit one Abby's learning style. We had to change the program. She was learning okay with how we had it with workbooks and other things. Then we switched to a digital thing and man, she just flew through things. We're like, holy crap, this is awesome. But we also changed the program on pieces for her to learn. And just now after this rally, I've learned from a lot of families there are a ton of other cool resources that we haven't even tapped and right. that will fit her style. Some of them are guaranteed to fit her lifestyle. I know that she, she'll thrive with it. And then there's others where she is going to be like, eh, I feel about this, you know, and she'll mm-hmm. resist it because, you know, it's something a little different, but on the same token, if it doesn't work, then why continue? Why, why follow the definition of insanity? So, we're just working through it and it's, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing, but she's still getting the important things. She's getting education and she's getting a real world education at the same time. Mm-hmm. She's learning about America and the, the cool things here. You know, it's, I'm sure I think somebody had told me once one of the first grade requirements is to learn about ancient Mesopotamia. Why? Why does an eight, why does a seven or six year old need to know about Mesopotamia? up dude speaking of the devil there's my kiddo um so the uh, those pieces are really really helpful for that uh that thought process mm-hmm. and, and well well i was just about to say i mean we're talking schooling we're talking some sort of semblance of we have we have to meet this criteria so you are having to follow um, some of the rules, right? Because she's got to <laughs> stay on track. And that just brought to mind that you guys are still dealing with everyday family situations, um, but you're in a much smaller space. Okay. Uh, 200 square feet. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely you guys have bonded as a family because you're, you're, always together yeah. you're doing this together this adventure together um what do you, what keeps you guys on track what keeps you guys motivated have you had to really expand conflict resolution de-escalation to we're to weird. go to 200 square feet no we're weird um and i i say that in the best kind of way Conflict resolution for us is a little bit more, it's not really that big. It's really easy. The hardest thing is dealing with an eight-year-old that wants to grow up. 
and mm-hmm. being the parents and it's not nothing has really changed with that we've we follow the same molds um we still follow the normal no you can't do that and mm-hmm. there's still punishments there's still end results you know there's still things you know people are like oh how do you deal with you know I, I think somebody had mentioned it once i read it on a forum but well, how do you ground your kid it's like i don't know take away take away xxx put her in this situation and you go with it you figure it yeah. out but it's like you know what am i really what am i taking away i'm taking away distractions things that she loves mm-hmm. yeah sure. okay. so i've taken a tablet away one of her school tablets and then she gets it back for school ha sucks to be you dude but it, <laughs> it, it it still teaches the lessons and there's still life lessons she's learned by the whole road there are tons of things she's learned that are key fundamentals and it hasn't stopped so no it's not that bad and then i know a lot of people are like oh we don't fight now jenny and i don't fight we don't argue we don't bicker you know the worst thing we do is take up one too many sides of the bed because you know we're in a queen size bed and it's a short queen so my feet hang off a little bit and you know the bed sits here and our nightstands are right attached to it and the counters are and the cabinets are right here so you don't get yeah. a lot of like throwing room so have the two of you always been like that you and jen have you always um, been not in the beginning in the beginning stages um i think we did the normal you know <laughs> bickering we didn't know how to communicate and that was the biggest one it wasn't dislike it wasn't headstrong it was we just didn't know how to communicate and finally uh, we got sent to a pairs retreat for on the marine corps dollar and it helped Mm. a little but we also worked together and realized you know a lot of different things that why are we arguing why what's the discussion with this this is what and it's more you know we compromise on more things than not or it's just we disagree and go all right well if that's the way it is and you know Oh my gosh. And call it a day. Not, we don't fight. So we, so you've strengthened. So have, have you guys strengthened as a unit since being on the road? Or did you pretty much have that down pat before? We've had it pretty down pat in my opinion. Jen might make a different comment. Um, But I think we've had it down. Um, But as far as the road goes, yeah, I mean, we're an awesome team. We work well together. Well, and that's what your mom just said. You are great. Oh, and Jenny keeps you in line. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are actually coming to a close in an hour, and I'm curious. Uh, actually, I'm not curious. That was the wrong word. Uh, you guys are starting a blog and a following. And yeah. what are those page names that you guys are let's do your plug so our couple of different ones so we'll talk about like we said in the group earlier so you got full-time families and that's one word so fulltimefamilies.com they're on facebook um that's one of the major groups that really makes community a community um <laughs> thousand trails is the camping that we primarily utilized for veterans, I'm going to tell you now, if you have any rating, you need to go get your National Parks Pass. It's free. Oh. It is very important because you can get into all the National Parks for free. And uh, depending on which pass, 
some of them, depending on your rating, gets you 50% off camping. Very nice. Um, and then for us, we, uh, we kept it simple. Uh, so for our webpage, it's our never ending summers.com. <laughs> and we're, uh, Hey, Jen, all Jen, all her brain. We, uh, I agree with it. Um, and then our, uh, for the Instagram and Facebook, uh, it's our underscore never ending, never ending underscore summers, our never ending summer. Yep. All underscores. Okay. Uh, please by all means we're an open book i'd love to i'd love to answer any questions i can and if i don't have the answer i have as you've heard i have a community i can ask and there are a lot of veterans that are doing this that are not you know not not hanging out old guys and gals it's there's a lot of youngins and do you would you recommend you would you recommend like a trial run for anyone who's thinking about doing this Maybe rent an RV for, I don't know, a few weeks. You can try. Dip your if you want, dip your toe in. Go for it. I dove head first, um, hoping there were no rocks. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, the real question you got to ask yourself instead of is if we should do this, I guess is more along the lines of kind of a different thought is why not? Yeah. What do you, if, you can, if you can support this or if you're teleworking from home, and that you, you work from your house now. Why are you paying a mortgage that's killing you? Why, why aren't you out traveling and seeing things? Why aren't you doing stuff? World? Kid? Kid world. Oh, hey. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Are you having a great day today? Yep. Awesome. Go back out in the ride room? Yeah. All right. I'll see you when you get back. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Look how happy she is. She's just. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not, we don't have many bad days. And she looks just like you. Oh, she looks right. She is our mother. She is a carbon copy of her mother. I guarantee. Yeah. No. If you know, Jen will be able to identify her just by face. Like, yeah, she's yours. <laughs> well, when Chance stands next to me, everybody's like, oh, he's identical. And then he'll go stand next to his dad and they'll be like, oh, wait, <laughs> he's <laughs> identical. Beauty of jeans. Oh, yeah. But this is a great, you know, and anybody like is rent an RV, sure. Uh, go for it and rent the RV and check it out and see if you, but if you, before you rent the RV, please either take an RV course or know how wide you are. Um, too many rental RVs have nearly taken me out. Please. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's a kind of a joke. I brought it up here. I was like, hey, is anybody else scared of when they see Cruise America RVs coming? They're like, oh. Um, cause a lot of them, they rent it and they forget how wide they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of like to hug the line and they forget that their mirror will hang a foot or two over the line and their back tire goes over the line. So just remember, you're a little bit, you're wider than a car. And yeah, take the safety courses, safety first. Not that hard. And there's a lot of them. So yeah, uh, Try it, right? Check it out. Um, enjoy it. If you enjoy camping in a tent, that's how we started. Uh, we were tent campers. Our, a lot of our friends had motor or uh, fifth wheels and travel trailers. You know, okay. they're all living comfortable, and we're in the back, like plugged in with a fan or a heater. Like, thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> great. And yeah, in the beginning, like I said, we were terrified, and we're like, crap, 
make a wrong decision. And nine months later of traveling, we made the right and we're living our best life and meeting amazing people and doing one thing. I forgot to say this earlier. I'm sorry. I know we're running low on time. All um, right. A national park range. One of the park rangers said something interesting to me and it stuck with me for, and still sticks with me is the national park system or any park system. If you think about it is something special in the lines of this. America is the youngest country in the world. Mm. We know everyone knows that. But the national parks have been set aside are exactly how that park has been since the start of time. It is your trip to the past. It is to see how we were way back when. Dinosaurs, creation, whatever you want to call it. That's exactly that has been that way. That forest is that way. And then when you go stand in front of a sequoia mm -hmm. or a red, couple hundred feet in the air, huh, this thing has been here since X date. This thing was here during the Roman Empire, and it's still standing. It kind of humbles you and makes you remember. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for a finite time, and, you know, maybe I should take a, maybe I should slow down and live a little. Mm. Man, a lot of people still aren't going to take the plunge, though. They're going to live within the definition. You can't blame them because I get it. I totally get it. And it's hard to break away. But if you do, you'll find freedom. And then you'll also find your friends saying, dude, you made a very good choice. And you'll, you'll enjoy your life. I promise. If you just got to remember before you take a message from the old guy, make sure you can live within your means and don't go buy the $300,000 RV to start. Mm -mm. Yeah, not a good plan. <laughs> Make sure you have the, the funds and the money to, to do that. And where there's a, where there's a plan, you, there's a way. So you yeah. can, planning is essential. So I'm going to, I want to ask one last question. What was the worst place you visited? The craziest thing that you've seen on the road And where is the, where, where is the next biggest, not the next place you're going, but where is that next biggest, I want to go here place. So worst place, craziest thing, and the next big goal of moving. Wow. That's a tough one. I mean, that is seriously tough um, because I'm trying to think of, the worst and I'm drawing blanks. Um, there's only been a couple of places I think that when we pat, but we passed through. So it wasn't really a, it wasn't bad. Uh, I want to say it was somewhere in Ohio. It was probably one of our like, Oh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a little terrifying. Um, craziest thing on the road uh, would be seeing people with, way over their tow capacity and daisy chaining basically imagine your rv and a trailer and then another thing only certain states mm -hmm. allow it to do that um that's to me is pretty that's crazy um no and actually one of the craziest ones was a guy that had a class a diesel pusher 
We had a ton of weight. Uh, had a trailer, and inside the trailer was a plane. <laughs> that was that was. Yeah, the wings went down the side. You took them off, and then the body was in the fuselage, and you could park underneath it. And uh, you pull it out, put the wings on, and he could fly. That was his business. Uh-huh, but it was like, that's insane. And the next big, I think, is going, the next, like, monster thing we want is probably going to be Yellowstone National Park. But we've got a few here. we got Crater Lake to finish, uh, the Caves of Oregon. And we're going to Olympic National Park, I think, in uh, about two weeks. So we're going to see some monster parks and, uh, and stuff like that. And it's going to continue. So if you're following, I promise I'm taking you on an adventure. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, so everyone go to our Never Ending Summers. Um, go to Brian's page. And we're going to have links also in the comments. If you could comment on all your links on the Anbry post so people can find you and follow you on Instagram, Facebook, and your website. Happily do so. And I've been following you since you've done, I'm talking from the time you purchased and announced it. And I, you had a garage sale in your, um, you're like yard sale, we're selling everything. And then the for sale sign outside your house. Then there was a picture of no RV and I was like, he's not actually going through with this. And then there was a renovation and I was like, he's actually going to do this. And I've watched your family and I have been in awe of, of everything that you've seen, how happy that you guys are, the pictures, the videos and the, you're authentically happy. And it was it's amazing to follow you guys because you do. You take us on an adventure. So keep that up. I love it. Happily. Thank you so much. I'm glad we got to catch up and I'm glad we got to do this. It's, it's long to talk, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's an hour. <laughs> well, I want you to get back to um, to your to Abby and, and Jenny and the full-time family crew. So keep us posted where you're going next. I will. I'm sure you'll see some good stuff coming. So you all take care. Thanks for hanging out with us. I had a good time. Yep. All right. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.